Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sun Rento. Michael Cotton. Sun Rento. Michael Cotton. Sun Rento and the lovable Lucy. Lucho Scali. Michael. Sun Rento. Cotton. Sun Rento and the lovable Lucy. Michael Cotton. Sun Rento. Lucho Scali. Welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. Uh, I am uh, your fearless co-host, Danny Rocket. Uh, you just heard the voice of the lovable Lucy Ears, Lyle Aker, out there in the great state of Maine. Howdy. And uh, special guest, friend of the show, been on before. Uh, we are all very lucky to have Sarah, Sarah. Oh, my God. I loved that song when I was growing up. I'm sure. I bet you did. Is that- there are, like, a bunch of great Sarah songs. You could have picked any number of songs. There, there really are a bunch of great Sarah songs. My my wife's best friend name is Sarah, and every time I walk into her house, I sing a different Sarah song. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I have an uncle who is convinced that my mom named me after, like, the Fleetwood Mac Sarah song, uh, but uh-huh. she did not. I was actually named after some character on Star Trek. So oh, another story. Cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. Star Trek, huh? Yeah, there was apparently some episode where some alien that Captain Kirk was hitting on was named Zarabeth, like all one word. And my mom was all drugged up in the hospital right after she had me, and she was like, well, Zarabeth, that's kind of cool, but weird. So I'll just call her, call her Sarabeth, and it'll be good. <laughs> oh, all right. So I'm looking up Zarabeth. Uh, it, it's a Star Trek character? I mean- yeah, some star- there's some episode of Star Trek where there's an alien named Zarabeth. Star Trek. Yeah, it's, it's coming up. Oh, yeah. I can see. Yeah, no, she's like, she's kind of half naked. I was expecting like an alien, you know, with like, you know, that was green or something. I was like, you're named after some crazy three-headed alien. It's like, no, you were just named after a beautiful naked woman. So congr- <laughs> congratulations. Um, So, and, and uh, you know, just so the listeners at home know, uh, we're all recording this naked. So everybody's naked in their <laughs> weird. house. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, it's a live naked podcasting for the people at home. I'm just kidding. A um, couple of announcements before we get started. First of all, thank you for coming on the show, Sarah. Uh, you know, I was just on the Cup of Cubby Blue podcast, and we're going to talk about a few of the same things that we talked about on there, about this Brave series and the Reds that are coming up. But instead, we're going to swear a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no swearing on Cup of Cubby Blue. It is a it is an ex- explicit free pod, pod ah, podcast. But I loved having you on there. It was really great to chat uh, Cubs baseball with you, and I appreciate you filling in for Andy, who left me to go to Disney World. Oh yeah, well no, I I, I hate the mouse, so uh, you can you can have me on your show anytime you want. 
A uh, couple of announcements real quick. First of all, I just want to say thank you uh, to to John Pincus and Bleacher Todd and Bleacher Jeff. Uh, they came to Mixtape last night, which closed at the Second City. And check this out. Guess who came? And he I've said it on the podcast before that he might be there, but he was there. Carrie Wood came and saw it. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. How cool is that? And um, I got to talk, you, talk to him a you, little bit. Did you uh, talk to him about striking out 20 batters? No, I, you know, I wanted to play it cool. Like I could, didn't know who he was or I didn't care. And just like, cause we were all just like at the after party hanging out, you know what I mean? So I didn't, I didn't get my picture with him, but I did. As soon as I went back to the table with uh, Todd and Jeff and John, I, I go back there and I was like, so did you take my picture while I was talking to him? <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> no, like, why would we do that? I'm like, cause I want a picture of me talking to Carrie Wood. But it did, didn't happen, but they can uh, vouch that did, it happened. Did, did you keep his beer bottle and steal the DNA and use it to impregnate your girlfriend with so you <laughs> a future Carrie Wood in your family? Oh man, that'd be so great. Free tickets, free tickets. Free tickets. Um, That's not creepy at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's a, it's a little bit creepy, but worth it in the end if you think about it. People do that stuff. I mean, it, it was like selling people's locks of hair and stuff. So weird. Yeah, and no, I just saw George Washington's hair went for like $100,000 or something. What are you going to do with that? Exactly. Sweep it up That's with a dustpan and throw it away? I don't know. I don't, why would I want that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, co- collectors. Hair collectors, you remember last year when I went and saw the Royals and I went to Layla's Hair Museum when yeah. I saw the Cubs Royals and that woman has an incredible collection of art made out of hair. Oh. Yeah, I know. It is kind that's, of... That's kind of gross. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, it disgusts me. I can't me. imagine touching a bunch of other people's hair to... Ew. That's... I don't know. I'm kind of... I, I, I was... I was out. riding the bus not too long ago and some lady whipped her hair and it hit me in the face and I would never been so disgusted in my entire life. I was like, oh, gross. Yeah, it's like a super pet peeve of mine when I'm on the L and somebody's hair is touching me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't like it. I have really long hair. I, I like really. I try really hard to make sure it's up or back or whatever so that it doesn't do that to people because I think that's kind of... Yeah, anytime I'm sitting on a plane and I see like the... 300 pound man with dreadlocks come walking on the plane. I just, I just, I don't believe in God, but I start praying a lot. I'm like, please don't let him sit next to me. Please don't let him sit next to me. <laughs> so, uh, another announcement is uh, John Baker Day is coming up in a uh, little over a month, and I, uh, hats are for sale. I made these really cool hats with the, They're great. Yeah, and they're trucker hats. And I'm going through this company called Custom Inc. And uh, they're in three different colors. And the cool thing about Custom Ink is that they are they deal directly with the charity, which is the Chicago Metropolitan Battered Women's um, Network. And so what what happens is you order online, and they'll either send you the hat to your house, so you, if you're not coming to the event, or you can save on shipping. And have the hat, with it'll be delivered to me, and then I'll bring it to the event, and you can pick up the hat there. So you have two choices for shipping, but you also only have two weeks to buy these hats so that they're printed up in time. What I'm trying to avoid is ending up with a whole bunch of extra hats, like I ended up with extra shirts, like I end up with extra fanny packs. So, you know, I don't want that to happen. It's a waste, and that money comes away from the charity because we pay for those shirts through what we raise, and then right. and then we give them away at cost. So it's not 
It's it's not working out. So please go on. Uh, it's right now. You can find the link at sunranto.com slash John Baker Day. And that's, you know, slash John Baker Day, all one word, no dashes or anything. So, so go there. Um, please buy uh, a hat. And um, we'll have tickets for sale soon. And um, the more we sell of these hats, the more, the higher the profit margin is, and the more money we can raise for the for the uh, the network, the uh, Bad Women's Network. So please do that. And the tickets for John Baker Day, which is on August third, will be on sale very soon uh, at that same site. We're working on a John Baker Day site, though it's not ready yet. So go to sunranto.com/slash John Baker Day. Check in there. Look on the Facebook event, do all that stuff, and uh, we got a lot of great stuff planned. We're going to do a, a Corey and I are going to record a uh, Finnerin from Ivy Envy are going to record a podcast next week and invite everybody, and uh, you'll have all the information there. Uh, final announcement: a Bleacher Bum Band. We're playing a church festival tomorrow, Saturday, June 29th. and it's be about five five o'clock. It's a place called Saint John Brebuff in Niles. And that's a 8300 uh, block of uh, Harlem Avenue. So it's north. It's, it's north in Niles. Uh, and it'd be about 5 p.m. And the funny thing about it is, is when I was in high school, I got my first paid singing gig at St. John Brebuff. Wow. And I was the, the page in a mall in the night visitors, which is a, a, a one act opera by a guy named Minotti. And uh, I had one line. And I got paid 100 bucks to do it. It was like, I, I went, thief, thief, I've seen her steal some of the gold. She's a thief, don't let her go. Something like that. <laughs> so that was my one line. And 100 bucks, 100 right bucks. There. And I think I had to do it twice, maybe three times. I don't remember how it happened. but um, So yeah, come, come out tomorrow. If you live anywhere near Niles, 5 p.m., we're going to rock your socks off. Bleach your bum band. Come on out. It's free, I think. I don't know. Well, it's you a were church. More, you were more of an alto back then. Yeah, yeah. That song is, I did it in a different key right there, but I believe I had to, that was the first time I ever hit a B on stage. Yeah, that's high. That is high. <laughs> yeah. So, do y'all have to like change your lyrics or anything for a church festival or? We do. Nah. We do uh, a little bit. And, um, you know, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll pull a few punches. We probably won't see our, sing our Fuck the Cardinal song. <laughs> Uh, but but if we do, I'll just be oh, like... But, no, but you could talk about the actual cardinals of the Catholic Church. Yeah, and make, and the, whole, them. make, the, whole, <laughs> make the whole song about altar boys. And yeah. I was going to say that fuck the cardinals has a whole other meaning. Yeah. <laughs> when you sing in church, <laughs> that'd be well, terrible. Well, shit. I mean, we could just close with it and just never do it again. Like, right. you know, that's fun for us. Especially if there's, uh, you know, footage of priests rushing the stage and grabbing the mics and guitars out of our hands that's you know that's you can't buy that kind of publicity so maybe we'll we'll see what happens but um but you want to be there to see it so come out to saint john Brebuff and see what happens when uh, we sing about uh well pedophilia i guess if we're singing about uh the, the catholic church version of cardinals but uh, yes. let's uh, screw that. Let's talk about baseball. Yeah, let's talk about baseball. Yeah. Uh, Craig Kimbrell is a Chicago Cub. That is really the big news. I think we should start there. Uh, I guess I, I think I predicted it would be the twenty eighth. Uh, well, so yeah, I, I said it was going to be the the uh, the Red Series. So I was off by a day. 
Danny thought it'd be like the 21st or 22nd. So yeah, well, on Price is Right, you would have overbid, and then you're just off. You know, you're not right. you're not making it to the showcase showdown at that point. But, yeah, that sucks. But uh, you know, uh, Sarah, how, how did it feel for you? Like, I, what are your? Give me your initial reactions and thoughts about how this all feels and what he means to this team right now. I mean, Chicago, we have a closer. That's all I have to say. I the closer position has been a point of a lot of consternation for the last few years. I don't really feel like that position has been locked down since Wade Davis left. And then even, you know, I, I love Pedro Strope. I wanted that to be a thing. I thought I wanted the Brandon Morrow thing to work out. Let's all just be real honest. Neither of those worked out. (laughs) Uh, It was nice to have a closer come into the game and to feel like the game was on ice. And even when he was struggling a little bit, I, I felt a lot less nervous than I have in the past few weeks. The Cubs have, I wrote about this a few weeks ago for BCB, but the Cubs have are like lead the league in walkoffs. But part of the reason for that is because they've been blowing so many <laughs> saves that they then have to win the game in the bottom of the ninth or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I can't take it anymore. So that was great. I was actually makes in for the exciting airport. baseball though. It does make for exciting baseball, but I, I could do with a little less excitement and a closer. Uh, Kimbrel did his job well, minus the part where he didn't do his job and let Rizzo throw himself at first base but we can talk about that in a second the stuff looked good um i am very thrilled that craig kimbrell is a chicago cub and dialing it up 98 he was hitting um i know you guys watch you're both red sox fans as well especially lyle living out uh from boston originally so uh (laughs) you know uh craig kimbrell you've seen a lot of him i mean is is this uh is this the move that the cubs made is this move that the cubs made enough to you know, catapult them into really thinking that they could uh, go deep into the playoffs. Well, I'm, I'm pissed that he's not on the Red Sox. I wish they had re-signed him. I don't know why they didn't. He he did struggle through the playoffs, but he got the job done and they won. So you can't be that mad about it. He's good. He's one of the best closers all time. You got to be happy about it. I mean, it's. I think it's a game changer for the Cubs in a division win. What the last place Reds are only six and a half games out and may look like one of the better teams in the division, actually. Yeah. Um, it's good that the Cubs have this, this kind of locked up, you know, I mean, they have a solid eighth and ninth inning guys now. And then I, I don't know. I think, uh, I, I think you should expect them to really make a run at it now. Well, and I think that's a good point because we saw Pedro Strope in the eighth where he's supposed to be yesterday. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, it just kind of moves everybody where they're supposed to be. I mean, Chatwood was absolutely terrible. And uh, but he did manage to go five, though, give up six runs. And then then but then you can use C-Sheck in the sixth and Kinsler in the seventh and Strope in the eighth. So and then because. Well, and with with a starting rotation, that's not terrible, but not really pitching much past the sixth inning. It's nice to have a closer. Yeah, well, I mean, the Cubs were leading the league in blown saves. You got to figure that that's kind of going to be a thing of not the past, but, you know, happened a lot less frequently. And uh, I, they're not leading the league in blown saves anymore, by the way, either. Other teams managed to blow a bunch as well. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it merely made a difference. And, you know, what I loved about him is the, you know, kind of the shot in the arm. It gives the team, you know, I feel like all the other players, even the position players, like, you know, you, you hear from Rizzo, you hear from, uh, you know, well, pretty much everybody on the team, Bryant, Bias, you know, they're like, this is awesome. 
he's the best closer in baseball. He's on our team. This is great, you know. And so I, th- you know, you got to imagine that that gives everybody a heck of a lot of hope that um, it's just going to go better for the rest of the year. Um, now, and and that is a position that is so damn important in big games and in the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, he's been up to the task, and it was a little messy at the end of yesterday. I <laughs> part of me was like. God, you know, I knew it, it just because it's such a Cub fan thing to think that he's going to blow this and everybody's going to freak out, which would have been somewhat entertaining <laughs> right? To, on it Twitter. But if by entertaining, you mean like burning down the internets and half of the city of Chicago. Yeah, perhaps. it would have been it would have been Twitter and podcast entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been great for this show. We would have had some real good material to work with is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but yeah. instead we just have to be happy. <laughs> Which is hard sometimes. But, uh, yeah, he did give up the double. He did uh, give up a walk. And then that ball was hit really hard down the line at the end of the game. Uh, He didn't cover first base. Anthony Rizzo had to, you know, do his uh, penguin impersonation as he, uh, you know, slid across the ice, it seemed, uh, to get to first base and get the out, which it worked out. Well, I think he's got to bang out the cobwebs, knock the rust off. He should be okay. But... That being said, how he pitched yesterday reminded me a little bit of how he looked in the playoffs where you're just like, oh, God. Can't put it away. See, I don't know. I wasn't wasn't that pessimistic. You know, Lyle, the first time we talked, that was like sort of our thing. It was like, oh, God, the the Red Sox bullpen. How will they ever get through the playoffs? Um, Yeah, and it was – and he really – and he really struggled in the playoffs. But he he got the job done. But he was he let up a ton of runs, you know. It was just like he was he was a disaster, but he finished. It reminded me of how I always felt Lee Smith was. And it's just my memory of Lee Smith that he was always good, he always got out of the game, but it was always dicey. You're always like, Oh my god, first and second with one out. <laughs> You're like, Jesus, dude, come on, just get these guys out. Yeah, the- yeah, that's fair. I, I just thought I guess I sort of um, maybe this is the optimist in me. I sort of thought that he was it was more rust than like structural problems with his pitch location, which my biggest problem with him uh, in September and in the playoffs last year for the Red Sox is that it felt like he couldn't find the strike zone, and it he didn't seem like that was a problem. To, it didn't seem like that was the problem yesterday. It just seemed like he got two outs and then sort of I don't know his mind went blank. He forgot that you cover first base. Yeah, when yeah. He, he's, he's got. Pitching, good, he's I don't got know. Good, He's got good stuff, especially if he's throwing strikes. When he's not throwing strikes, you worry about it. Well, he did, he did walk Dansby Swanson on four pitches, but I don't know if that was uh, – I don't know why you'd intentionally walk him to get to Freddie Freeman. That <laughs> yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense. But, uh, you know, maybe he had thought he had better chance with Freeman. I don't know. But, uh, you know, he was missing – it seemed like he was overthrowing the ball a little bit. Uh uh, but uh, he struck out McCann, and McCann did not like it. And I was kind of pissed off because McCann turned around. Cargo had been thrown out earlier in this game for calling, I think he called the umpire some sort of swear word. I don't know what he said to him. But he got thrown out right away by the ump. McCann, and that was early in the game, and McCann at the end of the game turned around and started screaming at the umpire and uh, did not get thrown out, and I was like, well, that's bullshit, you know, throw his ass out, you already threw our guy out, you know, I don't care if it's the end of the game, which is what people were saying was the excuse, it's like, well, the umpire knows the game's almost over, and I'm like, no, he doesn't, throw his ass out. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, b- problems with uh, Braves catchers in this series overall. We can move on to a little bit of talking about it. G- um, game one, uh, Flowers and uh, Contreras Wilson. get into it. Yeah, Flowers is the worst. Absolutely the worst. Team Wilson for life. Wilson is allowed to bat flip, bat drop, jaw at you, say whatever he wants, fist pump, kiss his bicep, do whatever, because Wilson is awesome. And he makes baseball fun. And if Tyler Flowers can't handle it, well, I guess he can stay up replying to Instagram comments all night because he has a sad. <laughs> that was so weird. Dude, what a loser. I was like, when I saw that, I think you posted it, Sarah, and I was like, is this for real? Did somebody make this <laughs> up? I, I couldn't believe it. I started reading it. I was like, no, this has got to be some kind of fake account. And then I just kind of did, did a little digger deep, and I'm like, what a loser. Yeah. I mean, and, and he didn't even have like – good nasty comebacks already but he was just like lame like he he had nothing really to say either like i started reading some of it and i wasn't even entertained by him except for that he was doing it yeah i particularly like like the one i I think at some point he posted like a fist or something like he was gonna fight Contreras, and i just wanted to be like please by all means tyler flowers take a swing at wilson Contreras and see what happens oh god he would kick his ass you kidding me, dude? Venezuela would take his ass down. And I would like to see... In fact, Jeff Francoeur was threatening to Wilson Contreras uh, on the, from the TV booth. That was totally inappropriate. Yeah, totally inappropriate. Saying I should have kicked his ass years ago. And I'm like, Wilson Contreras could kick Jeff Francoeur's ass and Tyler Flowers' ass at the exact same time. Like, it would be like a Bruce Lee movie up in there. And there'd just be blood and body parts flying around. And Wilson Contreras would just come out unscathed. I guarantee that dude, you know he fights crazy. Because when he gets that look in his eye, like, you know, he will cut off a head with his with a karate chop. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that in that game, that really, I mean, Wilson Contreras has been totally on fire uh, from the plate pretty much all year. Especially recently, um, I heard lots of people bragging that they picked him up for their fantasy team this week. And okay, that's ridiculous. I drafted him two rounds earlier than I should have because I knew this was coming. Knew it. So, uh, and he's definitely- The numbers, by the way, just because I happen to have them handy, Wilson Contreras in the last two weeks is slashing 424, 472, 939 with a WRC plus of 256 and four home runs. Oh ridiculous. God. Yeah, and, uh, and an all-star. Got him and uh, Javi will start, and uh, well, and you know what? The only two guys I kind of want out there are those two guys too. You know, Rizzo probably deserves to be there, but it's tough being a first baseman because he's having a hell of a year. Except for recently, he's really kind of fallen off a cliff. Uh, but you know, I I think if if I want guys representing the team, our team, on a national stage, I wa- I'm glad it's Wilson and Javi and not like. KB you know what I mean I want people to think of us as like these like really you know kind of electric dudes just cool you know I I haven't thought about this and I'm curious what y'all think like it sort of seems like the Cubs have dueling captains in some way like Rizzo is clearly the captain of the team don't get me wrong but there's like the Brizzo leadership and then there's like the Contreras Baez leadership and these are two very different faces of the Chicago Cubs right like, Agreed. one team is out there, like, bat-flipping, showboating. I mean, Javi in that same game where Wilson and Flowers had this little blow-up, it didn't get as much airtime, but he uh, had a double or stole a base or something at some point, and they can, like, little kissing things. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's crazy. Just, they're just out there having fun and, and keeping the game interesting and putting on a show, you know, and, and I really appreciate that because let's face it, Chris Bryant is a boring human being. He's, he's, he's pretty, and uh, he's pretty average. I think I just said this on uh, Cup of Cubby Blue, but he's pretty average for a superstar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just uh, kind of bores me. Obviously a solid baseball player. This show is always giving him shit just because he likes Disney movies and doesn't drink. But, um, you know, it's it's like in in this series, like he Bryant did not come through again. You know, in the um, I want to talk a little bit about game two real quick. Uh, you know, after all the fireworks with Wilson and, you know, Cubs putting up eight runs the next day. They're facing uh, Max Freed, and uh, it, it, w- it wasn't good. Like They couldn't get much off him. Wilson hits the two-run double. That's all that happened offensively in this game. But they had their chances, you know, and, um, you know, they, they had Freed on the ropes. And then Joe Madden with Alzali, which he pitched great. We'll talk about him in a second. But um, with him at the plate, with one out and the bases loaded, decides it would be a great idea to bunt – at which point Javi gets in a rundown, thrown out. Then Wilson doesn't get to third base uh, on time and also gets thrown out. Double two plan on, I think a call a play that should never have been called for. I was gonna say I don't. That's not a two plan. That is like double air on Madden. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've never thought of such a. I mean, I could I can't even conceive of such a stupid idea. Yeah, and and not if and here's why Alzali is you know they don't know what he can do from a a bunting standpoint. Like, what did Madden say? Like, he asked some guy that played with him once, and he's like, "Hey, can this guy bunt?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I think I saw him bunt once." All right, get up there and butt at Ad Bear, Adbert. Um, yeah, that was stupid. And yeah, that was dumb. And then um, Bryant late in the game. Uh, swings at the first pitch, rolls over to third base. You know, uh, that was a super, uh, that was a terrible at bat. Almost like he didn't understand the game situation. I mean, I, I know that sometimes the first pitch is the pitch you should swing at and stuff, but like, I don't know. The whole, This game just really pissed me off. Anybody else feel, well, I know, Sarah, you didn't watch this one because you were blacked out in Mobile, Alabama somehow. Montgomery, Alabama, Montgomery. and I'm still angry about it, and I'm just going to use this moment to rant about the fact that the blackout rules are super dumb so because dumb. the Braves are blacked out in Montgomery, Alabama, which is like a 25-minute plane ride from Atlanta. And I and when I say blacked out, I mean like apparently they're on like whatever the Fox special sports packages or whatever. But my hotel didn't have that package. The hotel bar didn't have that package. The second hotel bar I tried down the street didn't have that package. I couldn't watch the game on my MLB subscription that I have paid for every year since God knows how long. And I'm basically just listening on the radio because apparently MLB does not want people in Montgomery, Alabama to be Braves fans for whatever reason. Yeah, it's we've come a long way well, from WTBS, which you know, the Superstation, you know, Ted Turner days when they were on every day. And there, there are a lot of people that are Braves fans for the same reason that you got Cubs fans, you know, WGN. Yep. Not for long. Not for long. Um, Sarah, it's kind of your fault. You went to Alabama, so it's it's your fault. <laughs> yeah. It's technically my work's fault. That was a work trip. <laughs> yeah. Damn you, it. You can't go to Alabama and really expect good things to happen to you. You just, I, I just don't see it, how that would add up. 
But um, yeah, so this game pissed me off. The next game that I went to, which was a huge mistake because I was going to either choose between going Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, well, guess who chose wrong? Me. I go to Wednesday's game, and uh, also the offense remained anemic. They hit a couple solo shots. Uh, Contreras again. Uh, Bryant hit one. Um, but, uh, you know, that pretty much nothing doing in this game. Darvish was terrible. And uh, let's get in a little bit of the pitching. Alzali, great, you know, in his little debut there. He only made the one mistake on the first pitch, which, you know, obviously you're going to want to throw a strike in your first John, start. And your John Lester classing up the place with a $1,000 bottle of champagne. <laughs> that was so great. That note that he left for for Adwert was amazing, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, what, what did the note say? Can you at least paraphrase it for me? I mean, I think it just said welcome or good luck or something, but it had an it has an ace. The logo is like an ace on it, and it was signed John Lester with his number. It was a, it was short. I mean, John's not a man of many words. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it was just such a classy thing. Just chicken grease on the corner of the note. Right. Um, it was just sweet. It was a nice thing to do. But yeah. you know, he, he he did great, and he had the one inning. He's like. He had the the four innings of relief uh, in the in his win, and then in this game he he really you know held. I mean, what was the final line for him? Um, oh, I'm looking at Darvish. Ooh, that's ugly. Um, Alzali <laughs> four four point two, uh, one hit, and it was that home run. It, it resulted in a, a well, it's the second solo home run he's given up uh, in the two runs he has given up. Uh, four walks, which you know. It, that didn't happen last time. It happened this time. But he's uh, averaging a strikeout an inning. And, I mean, when you look at his start versus what happened the next night with Yu Darvish, uh, who's still not figuring it out, gives up five runs, Cubs fall behind early, can't come back. You know, you're like, well, why is Alzali the one being sent to the bullpen? It, shouldn't it, like, you know, it, for all the lip service we got at the beginning of the year about, like, we're going to demand performance and if you don't perform you're out buddy i don't see that really happening you know i know you want to give these guys a shot but i mean and i know that you know it's not as easy you don't want darvish to be sent to the bullpen and then take a huge emotional step back because that happens can it it get worse what are we worried about at this point that's a good point you know his last few starts have just been crappy you know he's like only five more years of this danny Oh, God. I cannot right now. And 2023. And, and he's getting bit by the homer, you know. Uh, McCann went deep on him. Marcakis went deep on him. And, and you just like, when, you know, yesterday they were able to crawl out of the hole, you know, being down, what was it, six to one, you know, and then they crawled out. But, like, you can't expect that to happen. And, like, Sarah, you just said, like, the reason they have so many walk off wins is because they're forced to do it because they fall behind early. And, um, you know, it's just, I don't know, Darvish, what do you, what do you do with this guy? I mean, you have to throw him out there, right? I mean, for now, I think you do, but I almost wonder, and hear me out on this, this is kind of crazy idea. If Alzelay is like, or Alzelay is like the real deal and can fill a rotation spot, I think Darvish could be a devastating weapon out of the bullpen. No, I'm I'm totally with you, and uh, like you said, Lyle, what's what's the why are we worried? I mean, it's not going to get worse. Let him go out there and throw. He's capable of throwing really hard, and let him like unload for an inning instead of uh, you know trying to be too cute because that's a lot of it. 
is he's being too cute. I mean, he did manage to strike out eight guys in this game, but so he was in only two walks, but he was, uh, you know, probably leaving too many balls over the plate. I don't know if it's just a mental lapse or whatever, but, um, well, let's talk about the game where the Cubs come back, 6-1. to one. The Cubs got off to a good lead. Kyle Schwarber with his fifth leadoff home run of the year. That's uh, Soriano-like. I don't, I don't hate it. Um, how you guys feeling about Kyle Schwarber at the leadoff and taking your, your solo shots at the start of a game? I mean, I love it. I think that Schwarber I, – I wrote about this a couple weeks ago. I think that the leadoff spot – the second time around really seems to agree with Kyle Schwarber. He is mashing in that spot. His numbers look really good since he moved there. He's good against lefties. He's good against righties. He is absolutely getting the job done in the leadoff spot. And is he the classic leadoff hitter? Absolutely not. But frankly, that really doesn't exist. We all have this image in our head of like D Gordon or something up there that most teams don't use that as their leadoff hitter. And some of the best teams, some of the best leadoff hitters in history didn't really fit that mold. So I'm here for it. I think Schwarber's doing a great job there and I wouldn't move him as long as it's working. Do you miss the power like further down the lineup, you know, like, when he was like more batting sixth kind of thing, you know, do do you miss that? Be, like mean, maybe some more guys on base if he's going to keep mashing homers. The thing is, he wasn't really mashing as many homers in that position, and I don't really feel like the Cubs have a lot of wiggle room with that back end of the lineup. I think it's pretty it's pretty bleak down there. What are you going to do? Move Almora so he can strike out on three pitches? Like, are you going to move Descalso into that spot with his like 550 right. OPS? Like- yeah, and, and those are the exact guys, and you can add as- Addison Russell to that, although he had a better week. Um, uh, the you could, As guys who are just not on base when Schwarber's batting. You know, so you do, that's how you, I mean, it's the solo shot thing. You know, I, I don't, didn't look up how many of Schwarber's uh, home runs are solo shots. We know at least five were, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, you're right. We don't have really anybody to throw up there because Ben Zobrist is still gone. And I think if he was on this team, you'd probably see him up there with his uh, switch hitty bat a little bit more, but um, but can we talk about maybe just kind of the anemic off part of the Cubs offense? You know, uh, Addison Russell, even with a better week, has not really produced too much. Um, Almora has been absolutely horrible. Bodie has sucked recently, one for his last 18. Uh, Cargo really isn't working out from, a, you know, a, a offensive standpoint. Disc- you know, did I already say Descalso or is that just a given? But the pitchers are better hitters than these guys for in the in the recent uh history of this team and so a lot of people are calling for like well Tommy Listella well fuck what what a goddamn mistake that was traded him for nothing you know and then but now people are calling for somebody like well would Hap be worse well maybe he definitely strikes out a lot um people are calling for Robel Garcia if I'm saying that right I mean what do you think I mean they said what what production. did Ian Happ do? <laughs> Seriously. He must, Something happened. He, he must have bought a bad bottle of wine for Joe. And he's like, this Pinot Noir does not play, and neither do you. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it's not going well for him. Have you looked into his Iowa numbers recently? Yeah, he's not good. And He's sad, though. Yeah, and he even looks sad in his baseball picture. 
He does. Um, but no, it, it hasn't been going well for him down there. And I, I don't know. Do you, do they make a move like this? Do they do they just DFA Descalso, or do you wait for him to re- progress to what he you know has been in his the history of his career, or do you just be like, hey, this isn't good enough. You're gone, brother. What do you do? Do you bring up Garcia? Do you shake it up? Like, I, I, okay, so this guy. Gar- I want to. I want to talk about this Garcia thing for a second. I, I, I am going to be the negative person here on Garcia. The strikeouts are so high. Yeah, it's like a it's third. like it's like Hap, but worse. And like this power never existed before AAA changed their baseball. So I just don't think that this is one of those things that this is not a real thing. There's no indication that he can play against major league pitching. And I just don't think that Garcia is the answer. I know that people love the idea. They're looking at the numbers and they're like, Hey, bring up the hot hand and see what happens. I just think he would be overmatched really quickly. I think that's like a 10 day, two week solution. And for that, you might as well just let da- wait till David Bodie gets hot again. Cause that's what he does. He's just very streaky and he's in a bad streak at the moment. So the options aren't great. Yeah, I mean the the person I I really just don't want on the team, and I, I'm surprised that they, I mean Theo cannot get a good trade done. You know, you'd think that somebody would want to see the upside of Russell, and you know, trade kind of get something for him. I don't know, but you would think, but and just give give that fresh start, and you know, possibly with a hap in there, you know, maybe guys that could use like I don't even know like where this bullpen where. Even somebody like Mike Montgomery maybe stands like maybe he's got some value on a different team as a starter where you could actually get a a, a, a player that can impact the team now like a like a, find a team with a fourth outfielder fifth outfielder that's expendable and give them some like two teams that can link up on something they need a fifth starter so you give Montgomery you know you you maybe hope that. Uh, uh, what's his name that they signed uh, that's injured the lefty that he came up like one day and then left again. Tony Barnett, Barnett that guy or not Xavier, him, Javier the, Cedeno, or Cedeno. Cedeno. Yeah. I'm I mean, like, I don't know which, which guy that only threw on, one game and then went back. You're talking yeah, about I, There's the, too many of them. Yeah. On the Iowa shuttle um, express, but no, no, some, you know, just link up because we need that. We need that other outfielder. We kind of need another bat, kind of what they tried to add with Daniel Murphy last year, although that didn't work out either. But, you know, just make some sort of move to like, sure. I mean, they need a bat because the end of this, the end of this uh, lineup, there's like three automatic outs in this lineup every game. And it's- yeah, the pitcher is the best hitter in the bottom of the order. Yeah. Almost every day. Maybe not Quintana. Maybe not Darvish, but like Lester Hamels and Chatwood, absolutely. Yeah, Darvish with two hits this week. So, so maybe not even Darvish. Maybe Darvish yeah. is doing his thing now too. Yeah. Um, anything else to add on this Brave series? You know, uh, any takeaways? It's it, it made sense that we split, but it frustrating to split after splitting with the Mets and the White Sox. You know, it was a split homestand, and that's you know makes. I sense. mean. We're going to talk about Cookie Monster, right? Oh, yeah. And we also have to talk about, uh, yeah, let's talk about Cookie Monster first. That was incredible. Lyle, did you see this? I did not. Oh, my God, Lyle. Okay, so I'm definitely going to, I think I've tweeted this, like, already, but I'll tweet it at you so you see it for sure. The 
So Cookie Monster did the stretch, which was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually, C is for cubbies. Let's get some cookies. I, I honestly think they should just, like, add that into the rotation of, like, guys who consistently do the stretch. Yeah, it was it was incredible. At first, I was against it. Like, my initial reaction was, Same. yeah, it was that this is stupid, and I can't believe how far we've come from, like, just Harry Carey doing it every day, which is, you know, I think a lot of fans, they wish it was Harry on the board every day and just give it to him. And then they did all the celebrity crap, which I think people really hate half the time. I know I hate it when Jeff Garland does it. Oh, he's awful. Yeah. He's t- absolutely terrible. Yeah. He's worst, the worst. Worst Cubs fan in the world. Um, go be a White Sox fan, Jeff. We we really just don't want you. Um, uh, but, you know, Cookie Mods, I'm, I'm a huge fan of what happened the other day and how happy it made everybody. So that was great. And I also really enjoyed it because that game I went to was they had to clear the bleachers because of lightning. And then there was this crazy thunderstorm. And I loved the video of Chris Bryant getting it, the shit in his pants when the, when the uh, lightning struck real close. And it was loud. It scared the crap out of all of us out in the bleachers. But I, I did enjoy that. But he's obviously a um, a snowflake, if you will. <laughs> Uh, so he probably had nightmares about that thunder crash. I mean, I might have had nightmares about that. That looked ridiculous. Yeah, it was really close. Uh, the lightning strike. Uh, apparently, it uh, hit the the parking lot at Murphy's. Oh no way! Really? Yeah, somebody got some great pictures too of uh, the lightning strike over Wrigley. So, uh, well, anyway, I wish that game was rained out because we lost it. Um, but I, uh, before we move on to this uh, Red Series, I have a, a voicemail to play. Uh, ben Zobrist checking in on his road trip, going all the way from uh, Bill Sugas's house in Illinois, and now he's heading down. To, uh, he's driving to Puerto Rico. I don't know how that works, but let's uh, let's catch up with him. Hey, Ranters, it's Benzo checking in. I made it to Puerto Rico, drove all the way there by my car. Uh, I hope to touch base with... Orlando Mercado shortly, and uh, he's got a spare bedroom for me to uh, crash in while I play some baseball down here. Uh, talk to you guys later. Bye. Well, that's a good sign. You know, first of all, I don't know how he drove to Puerto Rico in the car, but uh, we'll, right. have, we'll have to ask him that when he gets to uh, back up to Chicago because that's what I think is going to happen. I'm thinking September, call-up time, 40-man roster time, triumphantly through the doors walks Ben Zobrist doesn't take a job from anybody and we finish strong everybody's happy Benzo's back and uh and we win the World Series what do you think I think we might need him to do that sooner than September the Cubs are a 500 team since Ben Zobrist went on his leave journey thing well I mean if if uh, I mean they replaced a a beloved uh, all-star veteran uh, who has been there in all the big moments of the Chicago Cubs for the last uh, bunch of years since 2016. And, um, you know, you replaced him with the guy that made you take domestic violence classes in spring training. Exactly. So, you know, I'm not saying that makes you play baseball badly, but I would say you wouldn't be a happy person about what, is transpiring with your job 
and what you got to do and who you got to see every day. I don't know this for a fact. I'm not privy to that information, but I do hope he comes back. And, uh, well, speaking of coming back. Uh, do, you think he's, do you think he's coming back? I do. I do, I do too. But I, do. I, like, I want him back real soon. I'm like, Benzo, please come home. You, he's the best situational hitter on the team, and it's obvious. Yeah, I mean, as far as, I mean, clutch moments, Benzo owns many of them for the last three years of, this, uh, of watching this Cubs baseball team. So, yeah, I mean, my joke on Twitter every time he gets an RBI single or double or whatever, which he does a lot, is you can't spell Zobrist without RBI. And it is, he's just, that's what he does. He, like, shows up, he gets his RBI hit in a key spot, and then he does his thing. Zoe Zo is the greatest, and I, you can tell that this team misses his leadership, and I would like him to come back quickly. Yeah, and the question is, is, is he able to fill that role emotionally? If he comes back and I'm sure he's going through the shit right now and I've, I really feel bad for him and I'm mad. I'm mad for him, not at him for him, because uh, this isn't how this was supposed to go with his career. Right. You know, they hoist him on the shoulders, David Ross style and, you know, carry him off into glory and let him retire that way. This is this is uh, unacceptable. And I don't know, maybe we should do something like a write him a we are the world kind of song. I think there should be a song. I'm totally here for a song. Uh, it could be his new walk-up song because he's going to need a new walk-up song. Well, I was thinking, um, you know, uh, that song, Baby, Come Back. <laughs> I was like, we could be like, Benny, Come Back, and like do a whole song, and then we all sing it together. I could get like people singing it outside of Wrigley, just random fans and stuff. We got to do something. Cause I would is- absolutely do this. Yes. My singing voice is not terrible. Like, I'm, it's not like... It's not great, but like I will, I will absolutely put myself out there for a Ben Zobris comeback song. Lyle, can I give you a verse and you're out like in a rowboat singing it to him? Where did Lyle go? <laughs> Lyle's like, I am on my rowboat now, running away from this Ben Zobris conversation. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if he's in the call anymore. He might have had to to leave or something. Lyle's opening a restaurant in uh, Maine, so uh, try. Lyle's busy. Oh, there he is, Lyle's back. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I said I'd give you a verse of the Benny come, uh, the Benny come back, baby come back song. If you would do it in a rowboat out oh. on the lake, little I think se- I should little selfie stick. Yeah, right. So speaking of coming back, uh, Scooter Jeanette is coming back from Illinois, and he's playing for the Reds. Cub fans know him well. Um, you know, he's hit some clutch homers against us that broke our hearts. But uh, I did Scooter, look, a yeah. guy named Scooter. Yeah, yeah. The name is ridiculous. Like the fact that he is a grown man going by the name Scooter is it, it's not okay. Is it, is his actual name Scooter? I'm looking it up, and even if it is, he should have a nickname by now. No, his name is Ryan. He should have figured out a nickname. So that is the nickname. He like goes by Scooter on purpose. Yeah, it no. is. Is it says under nicknames? His nickname is Ryan. <laughs> That's a terrible nickname. Dude, you got it backwards. Um, but he's back. And um, he actually, I looked it up. He does not do that well against the Cubs. His splits are not impressive. But I just I just remember, why do, we, why do we hate him so much? I didn't look up what game he did it to us in, but it must have been recently. Somebody's, somebody's thinking of it right now that's listening. But the Reds. I don't know. It's like all of those guys, Scooter, Jeanette, 
Jesse, I feel like all of them have done, have had some tie comeback moment recently because the Cubs cannot beat the Reds, which is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, they're two and four against them this year, and uh, that's unacceptable. And because um, this is the fifth place team in the Central, but we can't beat them. Um, they're thirty six and forty two, uh, but they, uh, according to Pythagoras, they should be forty four and thirty four. Ten games over five hundred instead of six games under. That is impressive. Like, how does that even work? Um, they've got a, a plus forty run differential. And uh, they did just uh, lose four straight to the Brewers and Angels, but they had just won six straight against the Brewers, and they swept Houston as well. Um, they've uh, The Cubs have managed to lose a series both at home and on the road against the Reds, and the Reds have outscored us by eight runs, 33-25. to 25. Uh, They have the seventh-worst OPS, and so that must be a lot of it. Um, they're winning big and losing small. And um, the Cubs have the eighth best OPS in the major leagues, although that just seems to be about every other game that that happens. Um, The Cubs are ninth in homers. The Reds are completely average. Uh, Cubs are fourth in walks versus the Reds, who are in the bottom third of the league. Uh, Reds, they strike out a little bit less, but both teams are average. The Reds steal an average amount of bases. The Cubs are in the bottom third, of course. They don't steal. And the Cubs have scored 66 more runs over all than the Reds, so why didn't we beat them if we're better than them in all these categories? Didn't the Cubs blow most of those games out of the bullpen? Like, weren't most of those games the Cubs were winning oftentimes fairly comfortably, like, I don't know, like 5-3 to three or whatever, and then all of a sudden here come the Reds in the seventh inning to just, like, devastate Brad Brock or Brandon Kinsler or insert name of bullpen guy giving up lead here. Well, I'm seeing who got the loss in the game, and one of them was Dylan Maples, uh, a 6-8 loss, and I believe that was definitely one we gave up. Uh, um, oh, no, no, the, we won that one. Dylan Maples actually got the win. The The losses went to Ciszek and Brock, but uh, Quintana, and, um, Quintana got two of the losses too. Oh, great. So, so we get to see the Quintana rematch here. <laughs> Quintana, redeem yourself, Q. It's time. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's uh, one of those games was only two, two and a half hours long. And <laughs> Cubs lost four to two. Yeah, it's it hasn't been good against the Reds, and their offense hasn't been good. But now they're, you know, I know you were telling me Yasiel Puig has been turning it on like crazy lately. Yeah, Puig is kind of on fire right now. He uh, is hitting some ridiculous numbers at the moment. Um, I think his WRC plus is at like 224 over the last two weeks. So Puig is looking to continue his hot streak. Yeah, he's slashing 364, 417, 886, which red hot Yasiel Puig is not exactly what the Cubs need right now. The thing I'm a little more nervous about is that Jesse Winker and Joey Votto are also heating up. And so they both have WRC pluses over 125 in the last 14 games. So that could be a little bit of a problem with a with some hot bats coming in to face the Cubs. Yeah, and then you add to it Derek Dietrich, who's been hitting the ball out of the park this year. He was on the Marlins, I believe, before. He's a part of their fire sale, right? Yep. And uh, so you, you add that. I mean, you know, Lyle, you said it right earlier that this might be one of the best teams. They're not playing like it, but they certainly mm-hmm. have, you know, the, the the pitching's been great for them. The pitching's been great, and they, they seem like they have the pieces. I really feel like when the season comes to a close, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in second or third place. 
Yeah, and the way it's been stacking up, it's possible that they could make some crazy run. Like, cause they, like you said, they've got the pieces. You got Suarez, the Cubs killer. You got Jose Iglesias. You got the Jose's at the middle. Iglesias and Peraza. That that's decent. It's better than what we we're doing at second base. And then you know, then you got a couple power corner outfield spots. Add to it like a, a Joey Votto who seemed to be on the last legs of his career. You know, maybe putting something together and and uh, progressing to his mean. I don't know that uh, one thing I did see is that Tucker Barnhart is hurt and um, but uh, he's actually been terrible this year. <laughs> so uh, we kind of wish he was in there because he's batting under 200. He's got an OPS of 605. Um, their pitching has been great. They've uh, they've uh, got a better ERA team ERA than the Cubs uh, by not too much. 365 to 388 for the team ERA and 347 to 390 for the bullpen. So they're about a half a run better out of the bullpen than the Cubs have been. Uh, the Cubs have more walks. Uh, both teams are in the middle of the road with that. Um, so, But you'll be all happy to know the Cubs are now 11th in walks. That's, you know, that's nice. It's been years. Like, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, maybe even decades. Um. um. I, I was going to – does it bother anybody else that the Reds picked up Jose Iglesias while the Cubs did not? Because that was one of those signings this, this offseason that I think, right, that was just like anybody could have done that. Yeah, and they, ju- and they Anybody could have done that. And so we, like, decided to pay Daniel Descalso, like, actual money and let Tommy Lastella go for nothing yeah, and not pay Jose Iglesias nothing. Yeah, for the situation we currently have at the bottom of our order on purpose. Yeah, really frustrating. And uh, you know he's got he's batting nearly three hundred. Calculations by the front office on how good some of these players were and were not. Yeah, just wow. Like the projection system did not get any of that right. Yeah, no, it's and that should and by the way that shit happens to every team all the time. The Cubs have been really lucky in that way, but you've seen it since the World Series. It feels like. We're seeing more of the bad than the good. All the signings, you're like, ah, really? You know, yeah. I, I mean, I was more excited than anyone about you, Darvish. What a train wreck that's been. Yeah, and Morrow, too. A guy Morrow with a, too. A, a, a serious injury history. I mean, Which they should have known better. Like, I know they were taking a chance, but, you know, you go back and you go season by season with him. He's never been healthy, and it, it's, it's insane that they spent that much time and that much money. On that person, yeah. Right. Is, is he doing the towel drill yet? The uh, Mark Pryor towel? Is he throwing? right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's. I'm starting to think that Theo is great at putting together the team from scratch that can uh, you know find that magic in that window, but like really not that great at maintaining the that and that's hard to do like nobody maintains their level of uh success after they win the world series usually it's hard to repeat that it barely ever happens um but you know now i feel like you know the cubs were supposed to be at least be in a couple world series is within this window and you know right now the way this team is has been constructed and some of the real misses that the front office has made is kind of putting us in a position that you're kind of like, well, this isn't the best team in the National League. So to win, to get to the World Series seems like a bit of a long shot. Although, 
You play the Dodgers pretty tough. You play the Braves pretty tough. But ultimately, you just got to get to the playoffs. You do. I think that, and yeah, be the hottest team. team that can do good if they can get to October. I just am worried with how tight the division is about actually getting to October. Yeah, you can't fuck up now. And, you know, but ultimately, too, the Braves and the Dodgers both won their season series against the Cubs. And that's, you know, that means you go home. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just saying that, yeah, they took a lot. There was a lot of misses, and now it's shoulda, woulda, coulda. But, you know, I'm just wondering, like, when the band gets broken up. You know what I mean? I know you got a couple more years of Theo. Joe's on the bubble. You got guys running into free agency soon. Like, it's it's kind of like, you know, it's now or never, and that's what Kimbrel's about, right? But, you know, it, you, you I don't know. It, I, I feel like the, that the players are going to take the blame for really what is not their fault because they, you know, we can blame Daniel Descalso for sucking, but it's not like he's not out there trying. More of the blame goes to Theo for letting Tommy LaStella go and not picking up uh, Peraza. Well, or and, Iglesias, and over I mean. the last few years, not making moves when there was opportunity to make moves because he was so stubborn on keeping this particular group of guys together. For good or bad, it just – they aren't all the best. You can't say all nine of them are the, the heart and soul of this team. You know, you kind of pick your couple guys, and then you move on from some of the other ones. Yeah. And they, well, I mean, that kind of begs the question. Who, do you, who, would you, who would you keep out of this crew? I mean, I, I kind of have played this game a little bit a few times myself, but – there are some of these guys, like, frankly, if you're telling me Javi Baez or Chris Bryant, I want Baez. Me too. I want, I I want, Baez, I want Baez, Baez, Wilson, Rizzo. Yeah, I agree with that. My core. Yeah, and they already locked up Hendricks, so Hendricks would have been my other guy, but he's already there. Yeah, and I think I would say the same thing. Yeah, and, and Lyle, you've been pounding the table on this for a long time. You've been pounding on it since, like, before the, the World Series. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You've been wanting to trade Schwarber since Schwarber, since you heard of Schwarber. But, um, you know. He just but, seemed like an unnecessary cog for this team, and they didn't really have a place for him. And I give him a lot of credit. He's become a really good outfielder, surprisingly. But I still thought there was an opportunity to get, like, a huge return from an American League team three years ago. And you'll never get anything like that for him now. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, maybe. It, and now you, he does seem to be because, like, uh, you know, you can't get rid of him because there's nobody waiting in the wings. You know, it's like, you know, and that's kind of the, the corner that this team's painted itself into in a way. You know, just like all these guys that you thought would have been good trade pieces when you had an abundance of what you felt you had, like with Ben Zobrist. And you're like, oh, we have five awesome second basemen. But now we have five terrible second basemen. You know, like. I don't know what happened, but they did definitely did not sell high because everybody's, you know, Russell has not been a good baseball player since 2016, pretty much, you know, and yet they they decide to give him the money and take a chance on him. Like, that's really frustrating. Like, you know, what's the point of that? So uh, I'll get into the the defense and uh, compare these stats here real quick with the Cubs and Reds. Uh, the Cubs have the sixth most errors in the major leagues, and the Reds have the fifth least. So they're not uh, kicking it around. Um, the Cubs, if you've thought to yourself, wow, I think the Cubs, they, uh, I think they turn a lot of double plays, you're not wrong if that's your eyeball test of it because they actually have are seventh in the league. Um, both teams are in the bottom third of the league and throwing runners out. So that's kind of frustrating and um, for the Cubs. And now everybody's favorite Sunranto show stat, 
Oh, please tell me it's getting better. Oh, Cubs are tied with the Reds and the Indians in Durr, and we're up to 700. Oh, my God. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, finally. Been at finally. 698 the magic for weeks. Number. Yeah, it is the magic number. Um, but hey, the, all that means is that the Cubs split at home <laughs> with two bad teams and a good team. It took them until now to get past that six-error six, uh, game from earlier in the season. It really did. And that was against the Braves. Worst game of the year. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Just said. That whole beginning of the season was embarrassing. You know, you look at, you know, how many b- saves the bullpen blew, how, how many games the Cubs would have won if they would have just signed Kimbrell, which they could have done in the offseason. They didn't, you know. It's it's for, you know we, you know it's all lip service. Oh, every game matters. Yeah, right. You just wanted to spend less. See how it was going to go. I mean, I believe some of us on this show were like, "Well, the Cubs go five hundred at the beginning of the year. I think they should just sell, you know, get strong for next year." But now they're right in the thick of it. So uh, the scavenger hunt for this series, um, it's the last scavenger hunt of the month. And uh, you could win the Pink Out the Bleachers uh, t-shirt that I'm giving away. So let's have fun with Cincinnati Chili. Uh, photograph yourself uh, taking a dump on the toilet. Gross. Yeah. I don't want any genitals in these uh, pictures. Um, but photograph yourself uh, taking a dump and say, Look, Ma, I'm making Cincinnati Chili. <laughs> Hashtag scavenger hunt and post that and, up on the ranch. it really is the grossest thing on earth. It might be the worst food on the planet. At, at, like at Cincinnati and St. Louis are in some sort of like death match to like worst food on the planet. Yeah, it's really it's strange stuff, and it's weird because Danny and I know a few people from Cincinnati, and they love it. They love it. It's what you grow up with. Ew! Yeah. It doesn't. So Ew! <laughs> I, I mean, and I'm I'm a fat fuck, so I kind of have grown used to liking it, like or not liking it, but. I don't do it on the spaghetti, but if you throw it up on a hot dog, I actually don't like their hot dogs more than I don't like their chili, which isn't saying so you, an endorsement. You put but, two gross things together to make it feel better? Well, then the, the less gross thing I kind of enjoy. Maybe that's what it is. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, this hot dog sucks, but hey, this chili's making it palatable. So it's going to be hot. It's going to be really hot. Uh, 90 degrees, and that's a humid 90 down there uh, in and, Cincinnati. And you know what's great when it's really hot? A pile of greasy meat on top of spaghetti. D- d- delicious. <laughs> delicious. Uh, so we got one night game uh, tonight and two day games. Uh, so it's going to be hot. Most seats, if you're going to go to these, are in the sun there. What you want is sitting on the first base side and up into the, the cheap seats, uh, which aren't cheap on StubHub because everybody that likes the Cincinnati Reds knows to sit there. So actually, you'd be like, why is the back row more expensive than the front row? I'll sit in the front row. And then you do that and you die from, <laughs> from sunstroke. So um, especially don't sit in the left field bleachers because the sun will be in your eyes in two of these games tonight. And also uh, tomorrow at 3 o'clock as that sun sets, uh, you basically won't be able to see the game at all. So just a little advice from a guy who's been there. Um, try to get in the shade. Game one is uh, Cole Hamels. He's six and two with the two ninety two, going up against Sonny Gray, who's three and five with a four oh three. Lyle, are you unrolling uh, Reynolds wrap or something? 
it, there may be things happening around me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are there mice scurrying on your lap that crawled there out of your be. butthole? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Cole Hamels and Sonny Gray are going to go. Uh, Sonny Gray's got a 403 ERA and has lost two more games uh, than he won. The game's at 6 o'clock tonight. That's only in four hours. It's Fireworks Friday. Uh, they've got a great fireworks display at Great American Ballpark. They do it right. Um, it's uh, it's it's awesome. Stick around for it. Um, Sam the Bald Eagle from the Cincinnati Zoo will be flying in during the anthem. Cool. So, so hopefully something happens there that we can all be entertained <laughs> by. Like he takes a big dump on Joey Votto's head or something. Or Yasiel Puig rides in on him. Oh, my God, I would love to see that. Or uh, Yasiel Puig licks him. <laughs> that's I think we more like Yasiel Puig far away from this eagle. Yeah, and that's another guy I wish the Cubs went and got. I mean, Same. look at look at corner outfielder. Like we're looking at that right now, and be like, man, it would be nice to have Yasi instead of freaking uh, cargo. If you're just gonna, you know, do that, and he would be yeah, great on this team. For, he had to trade for Yasiel Puig, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't know that we were going to do any deals. Like, we didn't have the bad contract of Homer Bailey to swap for the bad contract of what was it, Matt Kemp? Is that was that the contract swap? Sure, with you, Darvish. Uh, the Dodgers could have taken you, Darvish, back. <laughs> you know, he, has, he he wore out his welcome there. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that might have broken you, Darvish, for life. Yeah. Well, he he pitched great at Dodger Stadium, you know. So, um. Anyway, it's African-American Community Night, which I don't know what that means, but they'll be honoring somebody. And there's tons of coupons and buy one, get ones if you check in. So if you are going to this game, like you can get, if like buy a soda, get a free pretzel, like stuff like that. So look it up if you're hungry. And uh, of course, in all of these games, if the Cubs strike out 11 times, uh, which is likely to happen, uh, the, you get free La Rosa's pizza, which I don't know if you've tried the, that pizza. Have you tried La Rosa's before? No. Are you about to imply that Cincinnati has good pizza? It's not good. It's it's sweet pizza. Like, they put sugar in their sauce. Everything about this sounds bad. Yeah. So, But it's free. <laughs> Is there bad pizza? Yes, I had bad pizza in St. Louis right across from the stadium. And I was like, this is a greasy fucking nonsense mess. It was like I couldn't. The crust was so soggy that I couldn't even eat it. The cheese was sliding off. Like, yeah, there is St. Louis pizza. Yeah, the St. Louis pizza isn't even real cheese. Like, what is that stuff they put on there? Provel or something? Oh, I don't even I don't. Maybe that's why my pizza wouldn't hold together because it was the wrong cheese. like some processed cheese product thing, and they think Ugh. it's better than real cheese. It's like Philadelphia and their stupid cheese steaks. They put cheese whiz on it. Right. It's like that's not, no. <laughs> yeah, that's not cheese. So, well, Cole Hamels. But it's delicious. Uh... Cheese whiz, really? I mean, <laughs> no, I, could, I pretty much outgrew cheese whiz at age like 10. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. So uh, Cole Hamels, he has not faced the Reds this year, which is probably explains why we haven't beaten them because he's our best pitcher somehow. Um, in June, he's been awesome. You know, he's gone seven innings four times, eight innings one time, five total runs in twenty six innings, worth every bit of that twenty million dollars that I said they shouldn't have spent on him. <laughs> and I was wrong. Um, uh, three of those runs he gave up of those five were in his last start against the Mets. 
Um, Joey Votto has seen him the most, uh, obviously, and he's but he's only batting 185 against Cole Hamels with a home run, 30 plate appearances. Uh, Sonny Gray, uh, he gave up three through five against the Cubs in mid-May, but the Cubs end up or the Reds end up winning. He gave up four through 4.1 last time, and he walked four. Um, he's not a great pitcher, except for that Jason Hayward's 0 for 8 against him, and Bryant is 0 for 6. And um, it's weird. Like I've noticed when I look up these batter versus pitchers that oftentimes when Albert Almora has homered against somebody, so has Addison Russell. Isn't that weird? Huh. That's real weird. Yeah. You um, should tell Joe that. Yeah, I'm like, you got to kind of play them together against this specific pitcher. I mean, maybe, or separate them in the lineup because they're oftentimes together. You know, but, uh, you know, Almora cleanup. Let's go. <laughs> God, no. Yeah. Um, game two, uh, Q is going out there. Uh, he's four and seven with a 450 against Luis Ugh. Castillo, who's seven and two with a 256. Does he feel that bad, Q? You know, we, we talk a lot in this show about how wins and losses don't really matter, but. Well, the, four, the 450 feels right because it's feast or famine with him. Yeah. Either he's given up one or two runs or he's given up seven. And that, ends, right. up, that ends you up at 450. <laughs> you know? I mean, good. Look, Q is, I think, you know that nursery rhyme that's like, there was a little girl with a little curl and when she was good, she was very good. And when she was bad, she was horrid. I think Q is that. Yeah, when Q he's a is girl? good. Q is outstanding. He's lights out. I want him to pitch into the sixth or seventh inning. He's striking out people. He's doing a great job. So and when he's it, bad, you know it immediately. Is it when he's good or is it when he's bad that he's the little girl though? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a little he's girl both times. But when he is good, okay. he's very good. And when he is bad, he's horrid. Got it. And uh, yeah, it's he gave up nine runs through on nine hits, and uh, eight of those were earned. He only struck out two against the Mets, and his ERA rose over half a run. Yeah. And here's the thing, and this this is uh, you know wins and losses, right? Whatever. But the Cubs have lost his last six starts, and you know that's not good. <laughs> so he's already lost to the Reds twice as well. And he's given up nine runs in 10.1 innings. And the Reds have an OPS near 800 in only in almost 200 plate appearances overall. So it's not really a small sample size. So if you're going to bet on this game, you know, I wouldn't be a homer and bet Cubs just because you like them. Uh, Luis Castillo. That's our bet. <laughs> you are taking the Reds. Well, maybe this is yeah. Maybe we take the just like something like the over. Yeah, <laughs> I can't bet against the Cubs. All if, right, we'll take the over. So uh, the uh, Luis Castillo gave up two runs through five point one against the Cubs, and he beat us uh, last time. He was he sucked, so that's good. But it was against the Brewers, and that's bad. So he gave up six through three point two against the Brewers. Dude, Castillo, that's the exact opposite. You need to be good against the Brewers and bad against the Cubs. Yeah. And I feel like we need to come to an understanding here. Yeah come, yeah, come on, Luis. I want to root for you here. Except for on Saturday. I won't root for you. No. Um, Rizzo and Hayward both suck against Luis Castillo. Um, but uh, Schwarber, and uh, take uh, have some hope here, people. Uh, Schwarber has two home runs, but so does Daniel Descalso against Luis Castillo. 
So get ready for the progression of Daniel Descalso. And remember what Theo says. Progression is a really powerful thing. In this case, it works in our favor. It does. Um, Here's hoping. John Lester goes in game three. He's seven and five with a 383 against. I like that guy. Anthony DeSclafani. He's four and four with a 470. Oh, I didn't. I didn't uh, mention that you get 150th anniversary bags, like the grocery bags, if you go to game two. And if you go to game three, your kids will get baseball cards. The game is at noon. Uh, well, twelve ten on NBC Sports. Uh, John beat. He did not face the Reds this year either. So maybe that's also why we've been losing to them. Uh, so we got two guys that haven't faced them: Hamels and Lester this time. Uh, John beat him three times last year, though, and he beat uh, and two times he he pitched extremely well. Uh, last time uh, he went out there, he gave up two runs on six hits. He did strike out seven and made it through the sixth inning. Vado's seen him the most and does uh, below average against him. And uh, but here's the thing: Eugenio Suarez, do not pitch to this man. He has three homers against John Lester. Seems like he has three homers against all the Cubs pitchers, doesn't it? Um, Jose Peraza also kicks his ass. So I don't know how this is going to go. Now, uh, when we're talking about DeSclafani, he gave up four runs through 3.2 against the Cubs this year. But the Cubs lost uh, 6-5. to Uh, Last time DeSclafani went out there, he gave up six through 4.1 against Milwaukee. Also not good, but he managed to strike out nine. But I think that's more on who Milwaukee is as opposed to who DiSclafani is. And uh, Bryant and Hayward do pretty well against him. And uh, Rizzo's taken him deep twice, but is only batting 192 against him. So what are you looking for in this series? Give me a prediction. I, I think the Reds take two. I don't know why. The Reds seem to be Cubs killers. I can't feeling. even deal with it fact that that statement just happened i know and i know it's true in 2019 but like the reds seem to be cubs killers is just like <laughs> yeah how did how did we reach this point Str- i don't know the stranger things we're in the uh what's it called the underground or upside down upside down yeah cincinnati yeah. is the upside down um and the cubs just feel like they're all over the place right now they play better maybe against good teams i don't know i don't even know what's going on with them it's they're weird well, they're they're one and zero since uh, the in the Craig Kimbrell era, <laughs> so, and the true. Cookie Monster era. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they got uh, a little uh, excitement going. Well, I've got a lot of excitement going. Oh, geez. Hello, Cubstradamus. Hi, guys. Hi, Sarah. Good to see you on the show again. Hi, Cubstradamus. Yeah, I, I thought I'd come by and uh, give you a, a poem on my way to Cincinnati. I was, uh, I was, uh, my, my magic carpet, I had to get the, uh, tassels on the end of my magic carpet changed. So, got it. Uh, well, you, why don't you do your thing? All right. Sounds good. Here's my poem. The Braves Max Freed might have fried us, but with Cincy Chili inside us, we'll damage our livers playing next to three rivers. Because next, the Cubs go play the... They're playing with Miley Cyrus? Are they opening for her? <laughs> no. No, um, no. The, the good King good Midas? Midas Muffin. No. Uh, uh, de- deadly Ebola virus. No. 
I don't know. Come on, guys. A baseball team that rhymes with Fridus. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm having a hard time rhyming things with made-up words, Cubstradamus. Oh, it's the Pirates. The Pittsburgh oh, Pirates. God, you're so bad at this. I, I forgot they were a baseball team. We barely even faced them this year. I know. Will they yeah, I think are. there's like a 16 games left against the Pirates or something crazy. Oh, yeah. But, but don't give away all my predictions, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry, Cubstradamus. Yeah. yeah. You would think with... Uh, the Reds, then the Pirates. The Cubs could go on a little run here, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. And or, like, lose 12 games in a row. Right. It could be horrifying. Well, I could tell you because I am a predictor of such things, but I really got to go. Cubs Shredamas out! I mean, that would be useful if you could just tell me what was going to happen. I could use... A day off from baseball. There's been so much baseball. Well, not to mention the fact that if Cubstradamus really told us what was going to happen in, in these games, we'd just gamble and be loaded. Yeah. Why, get on that, Danny. He's really no help. Um, we should. I, I tried to fire him. You remember right. that I've, I mean, it's been a while. And he just keeps showing up. Uh, we, are, we already kind of talked about this, but Danny, who said it? Now, look, now, looking back when you're done, quite frankly, I wish I would have just thrown a haymaker and been done with it. If I knew that was my last year, I would have. That would be Jeff Francoeur. <laughs> That's a great quote. What a fucking about asshole. Wilson from the booth. I was like, man, I know we talked about it already, but I just, it's just crazy. I am, you know, Wilson Contreras was so measured in his comments after the game and when he was talking about how he thought it was inappropriate for someone who sits in the booth to say things like that. And he's just a poor, he's just a poor guy. And you just know that Wilson just went home and had a good night's sleep and came back and kept gnashing against the Braves. And he's just sitting there shaking his head that that poor man that wants to literally talk about hitting him from the announcer's booth. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's funny yeah. that you guys brought that up. And uh, because that is actually my TFC, I have the quote right here. Wilson said, that makes me laugh. What can I say about that man? Poor guy. That's all. He's just a poor guy, man. Makes me laugh. Makes me laugh. He should behave as a professional, you know? If he's going to be behind the screen, he should be a professional. He was a ball player. He played a lot in the big leagues. But now that he's behind the screen, he should have respect for everyone. He knows, and he knows better. He knows how things go on the field. That's it. He's a poor guy. (laughs) I love it. I love it all. Just, I love it. Just owning Fred Coor. Um, and then I have a, I have one more uh, TFC to pinch off the episode. Um, but uh, I enjoyed uh, Gordon Wittenmeyer. He had uh, tweeted out the thir- th- <laughs> Thursday's back page, uh, which was you, Darvish, uh, with a, kind of making a frowny face uh, you know, after, as he's getting taken out of the game. And the 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 uh, the headline says cap and frown because there's a W cap I guess they were giving away that night so cap and frown is the clever uh, Daily News esque headline or New York Post esque headline that the Sun Times put out um, so Gordon Whitmire tweets that out and uh, Cub fan Kelly writes back to him <laughs> this is so fucking harsh. You're such a fucking douchebag, G-Dub Cub. You're mad that you, Darvish, had wrote you back about the W hat, so you write to make fun of him when he loses? You're a scumbag, and you shouldn't be writing anything. 
<laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So Spicy. Somebody got blocked that night. Um, so that's it. Anybody else have any TFCs? That's all I got, buddy. All right. No, I'm good. Although I'm looking at the lineup for tonight, and oh, what do we got? As per usual, the lo- the bottom of the lineup is pretty terrible. Uh, so Schwarber leading off and left, Bryant at third base, Rizzo, Baez, Contreras, mm-hmm. Jay Hay. You know, you got the you got the good lineup up top, and then here come the outs. Addison, Addison Russell at second, Albert Almora Jr. in center, and Cole Hamels uh, pitching. So K- Hamels will get the most hits out of those last three spots of the lineup. The fact that 2019 clubs Jay Hay is part of your good part of the lineup is what really is upsetting. To yeah, me. but thank God without him, it, you know, I know, I, you know, without him, I mean, he's been the third best hitter the last two weeks. I totally <laughs> agree, and I love him, and I've wanted him to really have this and be a good hitter again. But it's just he hasn't overall, so it's just it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Well, uh, L- Luis uh, said this to me on Outside the Ivy the other day, and uh, said to me and Michael, and we couldn't really decide you know, what, what, what the right answer. Who's got the uh, higher OPS? Jason Hayward or Kyle Schwarber? It's Hayward. Wow. I, I had to think about that, actually. I was sitting here doing some math, because I, I bet that's pretty close, because Schwarber's been hot lately. And Jason Hayward cooled off after a hot start and then started heating up again. But yeah, that's wild. Good job, Jay Hay. 802 on the OPS, 787 for uh, Schwarber. So yeah, it's 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 relatively relatively close, but 15 points isn't nothing. And uh, the the big difference is, uh, and what's funny is like the there's six homers separate them, 17 for Schwarber and 11 uh, for Hayward. So it really is the, uh, and Schwarber's got more doubles. He's uh, it's Hayward's is just basically about base hits, getting on base. You know, that's where his OPS has come up and and, and, because their walks are dead, even 36 and 36 Uh, Schwarber strikes out a lot more. There's a lot of it. Um, Anyhow, that's all uh, good news. If you got those two guys sitting around 800, right? So, Let's go get some W's, and uh, I bid you all a fine spagog. 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 Rick had spent the dough to shore up the bullpen. And Theo got Craig Kimbrell on the Cubs. Now he's going to close. Instead of C-Shack And the eighth inning Can be Pedro Strope Kimbrel in the bullpen Now the game will not be lost no saves will blow Get in the stands Get back to Wrigley Cause we're gonna win The World Series again La-da-da La-da-da-da-da La-da-da-da Cubbies.
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.